Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 podcast. Guess who it is? It's your trusted GM, Brian, welcoming you to another episode of our Dragon's Demand run-through. And I got to tell you, just like the last episode, this one's got our hero's balls in a vice. Can I say that? Of course I can say it's my show. I'll say whatever I want to say. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how this one particular episode unravels. Uh, I know I've been hinting at, and this is kind of like a segue, but I've been hinting at for quite some time that we will be recording our uh, homebrew Delta Green scenario gaslight. And we have been. We've already got a couple episodes in the can, but what I don't want to do is release any of them until the entire AP is done. And myself and Ratke and Chris, we, we get together on the days that we normally don't record or do anything, and we get together and start banging this thing out. And I think after two days in a row of, of doing a couple of hours of Delta Green and a couple hours of Delta Green and uh, Dragon's Demand, I think we all just kind of hit a point of burnout. And I know Radke had to do a home game like the next day, and he was pretty wiped. But we are getting that all together for all you listeners out there, and I hope you're all looking forward to it. I know I'm looking forward to getting it out there to everyone, and, and I hope you guys all enjoy it as much as I enjoyed running it and they enjoyed playing it. So I'm not going to waste any more time, but if you guys want to write into the show, remember, roll the hard 20 podcast at gmail.com. I answer all the emails. I look forward to seeing all your comments on our YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20. And every time somebody writes in, I usually respond. If not, one of the other players will write in, usually under one of their characters' names, which is kind of cool. Don't forget, follow us on any one of our social media footprints. We're out there. And leave us a five-star rating and review on whatever podcast you listen to the show on. Because, yes, it does help. And I think it's doing wonders for the show now. So, we're done. So, warm up your dice. Top off your glasses. Roll the Hard 20 podcast presents episode 55 of our Dragon's Demand run-through. Grail problems. Enjoy. sure if you're making up some of these names or not but they sound good yeah, man you gotta have a church burner on fourth of july <laughs> oh my god dude like a particular that. firework or something yeah the scooter yeah. rod the old oh, uh do's or do's or do's or don'ts okay <laughs> you got the deuce gobbler and all that other shit going on too you know? army are tanks you, yeah. are you quoting uh joe dirt yes dude, that is that from Joe Dare? Yeah. i'm new i don't know what to do that's not what you like it's what the consumer likes <laughs> i love that movie's <laughs> awesome man uh, so happy fourth of july how's it yeah going? happy fourth and as for you listeners we're sorry but this uh, you won't get this till well after fourth of july but Felice navidad <laughs> happy but birthday america you know, I was playing Elden Ring the other day. In fact, it was yesterday. And just getting ready to get into a boss fight. And the lightning struck and everything. And we had a power outage right as I was like, oh. <laughs> I brought my ash summons and everything. I was ready to do this. And the whole thing went, poof. I'm like, oh, no, fuck. That's no bueno. Yeah, it sucked. That is There's one like good thing about D&D. I mean, besides what we're doing right now, but yeah, at a table. This might be bad. So. Fuck it, light a candle. We're watching the clouds. We're going to make sure we don't have any problems. You need to put a whole home generator in. No, nah, it'd be too much money to do that. Dude, it's, it's not. It is. 
it's not i looked i looked for mine i can put a natural gas jenny in for like three grand they don't run natural gas in this neighborhood yeah we have tons of natural gas here tons everything in florida runs off stolen copper wiring (laughs) (laughs) and stolen manhole covers usually created of catalytic converters that have been cut out of the bottom of a prius i don't know why they don't take one out of a tacoma it's much higher but it's not that I'm condoning. Well, I'm, I'm glad they are not Grand taking that out of the Tacomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the Jeeps. Every single ad you hear, they're just like, you better be there Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. If you're not there, you better be in jail. And if you're in jail, break out. <laughs> wow. It's a, it's a wild, wild west down here. Sunday, baby. fun day a little earlier. I think we just lost <laughs> Valid here. He's in oh. cognito mode. He's Isn't out. It? Uh, I might have hit the wrong button. There you go. Sorry. (laughs) Bring it down. He he didn't didn't want us to see the faces he was making. Sorry. It's his little face. So are we ready to uh, play some Dragon's Domain? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's do this. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Heart 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted game master, Brian, welcoming you to another episode of our Dragon's Domain run through and with me, the hard slingers dedicating your fourth of july independence including copper appreciated copper so you guys had left the town of belheim heading north trying to locate hung clay's cave that you heard rumored about by uh Methesic, one of his servants um in the process of, of after doing all the stuff that you've done you started heading up there you found a clearing that was against a a face of a cliff and you saw that at the back of this cliff was a pond of water with a fissure leading into the side of the cave and several large dire wolves blocking it you saw the dead body of Methesic as well as the other two uh, servants Saba and Linus neither one of them really had anything of value on them after dispatching with the dire wolves you then decided it was time to go in and explore this fissure i explained i think it was 10 feet wide at its base uh and goes to a point approximately i think 12 feet above and you guys started entering the water as i described i think i described that it goes in for about uh, i think i said maybe 15 feet and then you could see it curve to the northwest What was your marching order? I think Dempsey, you were up front, right? Yes. As per usual. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. I have I have Dempsey Warren Valadier with Tommy on Valadier's back. Correct. Okay. Dempsey, What's... describe for me what you would like to do as you start stepping into this water, which continues to get deeper and deeper. What's the light situation as we walk into the cave? It goes from outside light to getting very dim. Mm-hmm. to almost darkness as you see it angle towards the northwest i think before it gets to um, and, and imagine yep. you're you're 15 mm-hmm. feet from that curvature so you're five mm-hmm. feet into the fissure which is into the water itself which is about four feet deep about nipple high Ooh! so before it gets too deep and does the pack uh dempsey will pull out a torch and he'll just kind of gesture to warren and be like would you mind mr magic oh i just kind of uh flick a finger at it and it lights 
So he kind of holds it out in front of him and he just waves the others in behind him and he just keeps walking in, um, sort of using the torch like a flashlight to, you know, make sure there's no spiders jumping on us or anything. Okay. You see Please that don't the, give the DM any ideas. You see that the, the sides <laughs> of this cavern are really jagged. It looks natural. Uh, you see that the fissure where it had closed to about two feet at the face of the of the mountain. As you look up, you see it actually starts to widen almost to the same width as what you're going through, which is about 10 feet. It, it ranges between 7 to 10, 7 to 10, with the water remaining consistent. Like I said, it about 15 feet away from you, you see that it curves to the northwest. Mm-hmm. Is that which direction you're heading? Yep. So he'll just give a look at the guys behind him and keep walking in. Okay. Now, keep in mind, regardless of the lighting situation, I can still see 120 feet in front of us where sight lines allow. Okay. Remind me of anything that you may want to view so I can let you know. Mm -hmm. So as you get to the corner of this turn, you see that it goes for about 20 feet. And then it turns to the north. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we should all get up to the corner and then move to the next corner and then move further just so we kind of group. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've moved up to the first corner that, that goes to the northwest. You see that it goes down. You go to the 20 feet to where it turns to the north. Then you Are there s- any, like, like spider webs or anything like that? Does it look like somebody has recently been through here or... No, no, you really don't see anything, in fact. Um, but you do notice that the air seems to be getting a little warmer. Perhaps it's getting a little more staler. Seems to be more humid. You notice that uh, that the water also seems to be getting a little more shallow as you start moving that final, you know, around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then you see maybe 30 feet in front of you there appears to be a sand uh, island against the far wall with four objects, three smaller ones and a, and a larger one. Um, the three smaller ones are probably about two feet to a side. The large ones, maybe three and a half feet, maybe four on its side. And you see that the that this portion of the cavern gets is much more jagged. But from right. where you are, around that corner, it's difficult to tell what those objects are. So Dempsey's the air is starting to get more humid, mm-hmm. more thick. Um, I'm going to move like five, like five, eight feet up and let the other guys come in so they can look and all just kind of get a look around, kind of okay. get, get their, their beat on it. And these objects are how far away from us as we come around that corner? They're probably about 20, 25 feet away from you on okay. a on like a a body of sand that's against the far wall. And you could tell that as at the end of this tunnel, it looks like the room widens out. So from where you see through your narrow vision, you could tell that mm-hmm. it's widening, but you can't see mm-hmm. how wide until you get to the end of the 20 feet. And, and actually, I'm sorry, the, the far wall is probably about 40 feet away. I'm sorry, maybe 60 feet away. Because okay. the, the hallway you're going through is 20. And then mm-hmm. it looks like it's another 40 feet to wherever this sand is with these objects. 
So from where okay. you are, it's about 60 feet from the corner. But okay. That hallway is uh, 20 feet. Can I get a general silhouette of these objects from where I'm standing? Uh, go and make a perception check. It's very difficult because the air is so thick with steam. Just from oh, the humidity okay. of the water because it's it's gradually getting warmer and warmer. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was getting that warm. Uh, an eight. <laughs> yeah, it's, it feels like a hot tub kind of. But it's more so probably because there's there's little ventilation in here. So everything's mm -hmm. just kind of swampy. Mm -hmm. um, that was a total of an eight. So I'm eight. assuming I cannot see you anything can... through the scene. Now you, you make out the objects and you could tell that they're there, but it's difficult to tell what they are from this distance, even though you mm -hmm. do have your dark vision. It's not a dark vision thing that's inhibiting you from making out these items. Okay. Um, curious that it's getting so warm in here. There must be some like hot springs nearby. We should have a schwitz. It's a schwitz. Father Hammerman, how you be doing back there? I've always like imagined like me kind of like adjusting him as we're going. Like walking through Disneyland with your child on your back. Yeah, like a piggyback ride. A really <laughs> large, well armored child. <laughs> Valadir, what's well, the gonna be partially buoyant in this water, right? <laughs> yeah, what's the the water situation here? When can you put me down? I'm tired of being on your back. It's quite warm. If you'd like to take dip. Oh, I'm not worried about the temperature. I, if you haven't noticed, I'm pretty short. I don't want to drown here today. And we have shoreline just right ahead. Well, let's well, I, move. I said it's gradually getting more shallower. It's probably about between two and a half to three feet deep now. All right, Valadir, what, can I hop off? Am I going to drown here? You won't drown. Just don't okay. lie down in puddle. Okay. Thank you. I, I, I'd hop off his back. All finally. right. I'm sure he appreciates that. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. No problem. You just gave him his cardio for the day. Um, <laughs> Close my rings. <laughs> nice. Let's, uh, I'll kind of like tap Dempsey on the shoulder and kind of like motion ahead and say, let's, let's go cautiously. Okay, so I'll move ahead and um, I'm going to approach. Can I get a perception just to see if there's any, if this is Hunkley's like special area, I would well, think he'd have I'm some kind of traps still or something. in the, the mm -hmm. 20 feet of corridor mm -hmm. before it, it expands out. So tell me yeah, where gonna... you are along that 20 feet or if you actually go beyond the 20 feet. So Dempsey wants to walk ahead and pretty much get to where he's coming out onto the sandbar. Okay, so the sandbar area is 40 feet away from the entrance. Mm -hmm. So you're so going to so part of 60 directly feet. in. Mm -hmm. Okay. Part of the room is even submerged? Yes. Okay. From what you can tell, the sandbar area looks maybe, maybe 15 feet on a side. Mm -hmm. So... Just so you know, for for the depth of the water, this would be considered um, difficult terrain. So okay. your first movement's going to take you so many feet, mm -hmm. and then your second movement will take you another feet. So I'm imagining right now you're at the mouth where mm -hmm. it expands out. So let me give you some some description of what you're seeing as you approach the opening of this cavern large cavernous room you see that as you look around it's it's approximately 40 feet to a side like i said with the back half 
there's a sandbar. It's maybe 15 feet off off the wall with those four objects, three small ones and a and a little one that's a little bit bigger. And you notice the walls are very jagged. As you look around, you notice that on the ceiling there are all these stalactites of different sizes and jagged configurations and diameters. Basically, as the steam kind of moves up, which is just coming up out of the water, because the air just seems to be getting thicker, it almost uh, shrouds the ceiling above you. But you could occasionally move, make it out as, as the steam kind of swirls about. Be careful. There could be anything waiting to come down on us. Um, I will uh, gesture at Dempsey's torch. And I will use my uh, control flames uh, cantrip to double its brightness. Okay. And see if we can maybe make something out on the roof of the ceiling here. Okay. Go ahead and make a perception check as you increase the brightness. Tell me what you want to do. Uh, that is an 18. An 18? Mm -hmm. You see that the entire ceiling appears to be very jagged very wet looking though okay but we don't see anything that uh untoward that's hiding in the slag heights slag mites i can never remember which ones are hanging on the ceiling height c is ceiling not from what you can tell right now all right and we don't hear breathing it's just like water dripping weird yep, stuff. just water dripping you know, like okay. I said, you see some of these stalactites are probably about six inches in diameter to as, as big as five inch, five feet in diameter hanging down and stuff. Are there stalactites coming up through the water? No. Damn, I want to like pick up a guy and just shove him onto one. <laughs> no. It's like a fucking Van Damme movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to move in. I want to go check out what these objects are. Are there, once I get there, I definitely want to look at the sand, see if there's any like arcane doodly do there. Okay, as you draw closer to the sandbar, are you drawing closer by yourself or what's everybody, mm -hmm. where's everybody at? Okay, you start making your way about halfway across the room and you can see that these four objects, the three smaller ones appear to be chests. Mm -hmm. The larger one appears to be a larger chest made of wood, iron banded. And you notice there appears to be three objects kind of partially buried in the sand. They have a a dull white uh, coloristic to them. Do they look like skeletons or they bones? do actually? They, they look do? like bones. Hmm. Uh, I'll use my mage hand and very gently um, sweep some of the Bury sand them. off. <laughs> <laughs> Bury them. Uh, sweep um, some of the sand off while standing about like ten feet away. Okay. Um, uh, so that I can see, uh, we can see maybe some more of the nature of the bones. Does it look like they uh, died with their equipment? Does it look like they're like dwarf, elf, halfling, human bones? What's the... Uh... Well, as you begin to uncover the first skeleton, you can tell that it had some form of armor and trousers on. Um, you see that one of its limbs is missing, whatever the arm area was at. And you see a, an old rusted sword beside it. As you go to the next one, you see literally the lower part of its torso is completely gone. Mm -hmm. As you get to the third one, 
you see that all that's left is like the lower part of the rib cage and the legs, no arms at all. And as you're doing this investigation, you begin to feel the air kind of swirl about you, almost as though something's moving rather quickly, almost fanning the air. And you feel these tentacles begin to come down Shit. from the ceiling from behind the largest stalactite as these appendages begin to move down towards you guys. And let's oh, roll God. some initiative. Oh, God. I think I know what this Yes! Is. Natty 19, bitch. Oh, Natty yeah. 19. Valadir. 16. Tommy. 18. Nice. Dempsey. 21. Warren. Four. Oh, shit. Rolled a natural one. Rolled a nat one. Too bad you're not a uh, halfling. I could re-roll right. it. Hey. <laughs> uh, actually, I don't think initiative falls under the category of the, the um, um, of re-rolling them. Uh, Brian's a nice GM. He'd let you. No, I don't. And no, I'm not. I was going to say, he Dempsey, <laughs> Dempsey, as you're taking into account these four objects on the sand, you see Warren begin to sweep away magically the sands that are covering up these skeletons. And, and almost to your horror, you see that these things have been something's lunch. And as you're looking at that, you see Warren step back. You see these tentacles begin to come down from the ceiling. What would you like to do? I think he's hyper aware because he knew there was going to be something here. So he's looking at the skeletons just ready on edge. So that's why he saw this. Um, I'm just going to take the dodge action. Honestly, I'm going to try to dr like draw the attack. Like bring it. Come on, you slimy motherfucker. And he's just going to like just get ready to juke and jive on these things. But he's going to try to draw it to him so the range people can. OK, do me a favor. Roll a straight D20. What do you got? Natural one, my friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, you are pervy to this as well. Pervy? Pervy? He's pretty pervy. He's pretty pervy. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, 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 pervy. I've read he's his got some chat. ideas with those tentacles there. Yes. What would you like to do, Toby? How far am I from Dempsey? I'm going to leave that up to you because you guys are kind of ambiguous, you and Valadir, where you guys were at. I know that Dempsey and Warren are, they said they're about 10 feet away from the sandbar. Uh, so I'd say Valadir and I are probably still at the mouth of this cavern. Okay. Um, do, do you agree, Valadir? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure, I'm not speaking okay. for you. No, no, you're fine. You're talking about the mouth outside. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> we'll make sure the wolves don't come back. And can I tell, um, with my dark vision, do I have a better view from where I'm at of what what this is coming down from the, the ceiling? No, and it's not a matter of, of dark vision as it is obscured vision because, because of, the of the mist. The, the, the mist? Yeah, even though it's swirling about, whatever it is up there hasn't fully made itself present. You just know that something's coming down. I can see tentacles, though, right? You can. 
Okay, I'd like to cast um, my light cantrip on one of the tentacles, see if I can illuminate that creature more. Oh, can you put light on something that's living if it doesn't want it to? Uh, um, I don't know about if it doesn't want to. You have to make a deck save. So um, if, if you pass the deck save, um, you miss the spell. You avoid it. Let's see here. Uh, for the light cantrip, let's see. you touch one object. Oh, it's touch. It never mind. It's touch. I'm not within yeah. range. Okay, yeah, it. I was like, that's kind of strange. Nope, never I mind. Cast light on the demon's eyeball and blind him. Uh, no, I don't want to blind him, but you can. Okay, so it doesn't matter. It's touch. Um, okay, so I am going to... I can still see the tentacle, though, right? Tentacles. Tentacles. I can see at least one of them as uh, unobscured. Uh, it's coming down into the thinner portion of the air, and you can see them. You can see two of them starting to come down. Okay, I'm going to cast um, my Guiding Bolt. Nice. Oh. That is an 18. Ooh. Ooh. You managed to hit whatever that was. Hell yes. And I'm casting the level 2 version of that spell, which is 5d6. And that is going to be 19 points of radiant damage. All right. You see one of the tendrils begin to sizzle back a little. And to address what we rolled, Dempsey, you rolled a one, I rolled a six. So that does not take you out of the loop. I got one, two, three, four. Dempsey, you are first on the attack as you see one of Bring these it. tentacles begin to come down towards you. Disadvantage. Disadvantage? Because I'm Is doing dodge. Okay. That will miss. Yes. The second one will go towards Valadir. Warm these things up, <laughs> Valadir. Get them 20s on it. So, 15. 15. I think that will hit. 15 hits. 15 hits. Okay. Sorry, I gotta find my fucking guns here. Two testicles coming down, oh, slimy. <laughs> Oh, for 12 points of damage, and you're grappled at this point. And I need you to make a con save. Ooh, that's going to be a six. Six. You begin to feel this, this ooze start to seep in to your bloodstream for two points of damage. And I'm going to need you to make that save again on your next turn as well as try to break this restrained condition. Valadir. What a coincidence. <laughs> so, go ahead and make your save, your con save first. All right. Come on, baby. Ten. Got this. Ten? Yes. Oh, that fails again. For another two points, and I need you to make a strength check to break free of your restrained condition. Come on, get something better. That's going to do 15. 15. You managed to break free of this tentacled appendage as it once held you. You plop back down three feet back into the water. 
Uh, I don't think you have any other moves left. Do you have anything else you can do? I think freeing myself was my action, isn't it? Uh, if I move away, wait, I'm prone, right? Or standing up uh, in the water? Well, in the water, I'd almost imagine you probably plopped down. So you'd have to stand back up. Okay, then I'll use my movement to stand up. Warren. Um, so we're seeing uh, uh, Warren probably engrossed with these skeletons and then suddenly like this flurry of activity happens. Like, yeah, and you see this around. large bulbous brain-like entity with these tentacles hanging from beneath it begin to slowly descend as it starts to take attacks at your comrades. This large beak prepping to maybe get a little little wet my bulk just a little Get your okay, wet. but I have a solid <laughs> target that I can see, right? He's still partially obscured, but that's just more for flavor than anything else. Okay. Um, what is directly above him? Is there a like? Is there a stalagmite? No, he's like see? between them. That's what he was using as, as cover. cover. Yeah. So there's okay. there's like imagine just being between teeth of stuff, and that's kind of where he's kind of nestled up into. Okay. I'm assuming it's gender. <laughs> it. Pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Air, gender, Brian. Right, right. You should assign pronouns to all your uh, um, monsters. I'm, I'm going to uh, move as far. Uh, I was investigating the skeleton, so I imagine I'm on the sandbar, right? You were, from what I understood, you were still 10 feet away from the sandbar doing your thing before you actually went up on there. You oh, didn't I see thought side the... By side. Okay, I thought the skeletons were like, like up on the sandbar, and I thought it was up there. But no, that's no, they're totally on the. Fine. Well, if I misunderstood, that's fine. But I was just okay. understanding that that they were buried partially on the sandbar, and you were mm -hmm. beside Dempsey, kind of like moving the sand to kind of mm -hmm. see if it was safe to be there, or what these things were, whether they were trapped or not. That's that's what I thought before you actually right. Well, stepped yeah. onto the sandbar. I just thought I was on the sandbar doing it. Uh, I will step onto the ed very edge of the sandbar right next to the water and try to move as far um, uh, against like the wall, as far away from this thing as possible. Okay. And then I'll turn around and launch an Eldritch Blast at it. Very good. So that is going to be... Uh, that's going to be an eight to hit. Is this the same eight. one that Tommy hit with the guiding bolt? Because that'd be advantage. Well, I was going for the actual creature. I don't. Oh. It, it would be. It would be. Um, uh, Brian's call whether uh, the advantage from that would kick in. Yeah, I would let the advantage kick in just because. I mean, you're not talking about anything like if you say you're hitting the appendage or you're hitting the body. Okay. You're hitting the entity. So. Nice. It's not like saying, well, oh, I aimed for one Thank hand. you, Tommy. That is a hard 20. Yeah. Yes. All right. Right in for it and roll the hard 20 <laughs> podcast. You know, at I tell these listeners all the time, man. <laughs> right in. Roll the hard 20 podcast at gmail.com. We'll send you out that A die, not this die. That is 18 points <laughs> of force damage and two additional points of fire damage. All right. Eight. Bless. And with this fire, you see a lot of the steam begin to just melt away. And at this point, you see this this large, bulbous creature. It's probably about five feet in diameter with these tendrils hanging down. 
and it just it looks like something out of a nightmare you see the glistening skin of it almost looks like a large brain that just defies logic how it it floats and maneuvers in the air dempsey what do you want to do with that that information he just looks up and he's like there there you are my beauty and um the one tentacle is still close uh it one that probably reeled back up after it hit you because it Can missed he... actually it missed you but the mm -hmm. one that was on validir uh, that's further away from you. If I move, can I get towards one of the the te uh, tentacles? Because I'm assuming I'm not going to be able to get up to the brain. Yeah, go ahead and move close to the tentacle. All right, he'll move up, but he's also going to stay. I don't want to be right next to Validir because we know how that game plays <laughs> out. If I can, I, I want to be on the other side, maybe like as he's moving, he circles, and then uh, he'll go ahead and take his attack. Is that cool? Give it to me. Okay. Yeah, well, a lot that's of a gibberish. I don't die, understand baby. what the fuck you <laughs> said, but uh, just roll your die. All right, that's going to be a twenty-one to hit. That's going to hit. That's he doesn't want to accidentally attack a balladeer. Seven damage. Bonus action. Eleven. Sixteen. Sixteen will miss. All right. So one punch. Boom. Next punch. Ooh. The thing kind of slides out. Kind of mm -hmm. curls up a little. Tommy. Now at this point. You're next to Tomi as well. So we have three people that are close to the entrance of this cave. Mm -hmm. We have Warren by the sandbar. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to cast uh, my cantrip Guidance upon Validir. That's a buff that gives him a uh, D4 add to any number he rolls for ability check. Which like when he goes to save for that poison again, you mean, or what? Yeah, so um, he can yeah, roll a D4. He adds a D4 and adds the number rolled to one ability check of his choice. Just FYI, a saving throw is not an ability check. Yeah. So there's a specific it, cantrip for that. It's not, but he if he has an ability check, though, like an attack, he would still get a that add, uh, would he not? An attack is not an ability check. It'd be like to like survival perception to those. Yeah, so one of those skills. Yeah. Uh, okay. Skip that then. Okay. Right. Is that tentacle? Cool with it. Uh, is that tentacle still close to Validir? Imagine it's still in motion because it's not making turns outside of it's. It's not going to make movement outside of its turn. So for the flavor of what it's doing, it's still yeah. like whoosh, and everybody's kind of moving at the same time that it's doing its thing coming down. Now, if you were to use guidance on him and he was making a contested role to like a break a grapple or possibly a restrain where he was using like athletics or even just a strength, a straight strength check, yeah. that would absolutely apply. Yeah, because they're ability checks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he broke free on his last turn, but he mm -hmm. still needs a save on his next turn versus that poison still. So. Yeah, but he can't, he can't use that D4 against a poison check. No. Only the grapple. Like, if he gets grappled again, then he could use that D4. Yeah, yeah to the strength check. So I'm still going to cast it upon him. Okay. Yeah. The Guidance Cantrip. So, Valadir, um, you can uh, try that. You can make that ability check before or after. Uh, let's see. It can roll the die before or after making the ability check. So when you make the check, you know, it's your choice. One to use it. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and that's only good one time okay perfect 
Okay. And then um, the tentacle, I'm going to go ahead and uh, attempt an attack. I'm assuming that the tentacle is still within my reach. For now, yeah. Okay. And then I'm going to attack uh, with my Warhammer. It's going to be a 13. That will miss. Okay. And then uh, my move action, I'm just going to move like 10 feet away from Valadir. Now, were you standing beside Valadir? Um, I was uh, like off to his, over his left shoulder. So I'm going to move 10 feet to the left. So you were 10 feet away from the tentacle, right? No, I'm moving now away. Okay, because it has reach, so it will get an attack of opportunity if you move away. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah, I'm staying in place. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'll stay in place. Come on, you can move. There's plenty of room. Yeah, that's right. I'll stay where I'm at. So from where he's at, he has several targets. Tommy, you're going to get attacked anyways. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm afraid that three is probably going to miss on the die. Uh, epically. My second attack will be four to uh, Valadir. Good luck again, babe. All right. And a two on the die. Fuck these dies. I need a little gel to put these things away. There you go. I just imagine the tentacles coming down and like hitting the water and it's like splashing up and like hot water like in your face. You're like, yeah, yeah. Valadir, go and make that that con save again, please. 14. 14. You begin to shake off this this feeling of, uh, of pain. What would you what else would you like to do during your time? It's my turn. Yeah. All right. I'm actually going to take advantage of the time and cast Cure Wounds upon myself to give me five points of heal. And what else can I do? Difficult terrain in the water, correct? Yes. I think I'm just going to stay. But I'm going to try to get my scimitars out. Yeah, I could do that for instead of my move. Perfect. And I'm just going to stay there. All right. Warren, you're still on this little sandbar back there watching all this shit go down with your comrades. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do what I do best and just fire more Eldritch Blasts. Um, I have other spells that I can use, but they're not exactly uh, enclosed, environment friendly like this. <laughs> Fireball it. I think it'd be fine. Oh, I'm sure Electricity it would, be. would be even better. How tall are the ceilings coming down? (laughs) Uh, Does an 18 hit? That will hit. Sweet. Uh, That is eight points of force damage and additional two points of fire damage. All right. You get a second Eldritch Blast at what, fifth level? Mm Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you want to move or do you want to stay there? Uh, I'm going to stay here. Dempsey. At this point, the, the tendril has already recoiled back up. You figure that everything, it, every time it's missing, it's coming back up. The only time it's going to maybe hang around is if it actually makes contact and sticks around somebody. Think of it more like a whip. So if it's out of his reach, um, you didn't do light, did you, Tommy? 
I was thinking I could just throw the torch at it. Um, no, I, I did not. Yeah, I got no ranged. Um, can I just position myself and do the dodge attack? dodge again just get close to them and he's just like bring it come on i'm here i'm here okay let's uh let's roll another d20 both of us yeah just you and me just you and me that's an 11 my friend okay 14 so that may or may not work yeah i was gonna say he'll get down underneath the water but like i want to take the attack i don't want to hide tell me what do you would you like to do um, Come on, tell me. That tentacle is still, because uh, he did, I don't know, that tentacle's gone now. Cause yeah, he, it missed and came back up. Missed okay. and came back up. Um, I am going to cast Cure Wounds on Mr. Valadir since he's been taking it pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> <Hey>, yes. <laughs> and that is making gonna... sweet love to the dire wolf about five minutes ago and so that's going to give him another five points of healing. Now he's trying to right. tend to be the deep and loving this thing. <laughs> Tentacles okay. and all. Oh, God. <laughs> <clears throat> and then I'm going to end my action there. All right. Um, yep. Any boys fans out there? Oh, yeah. So that Warren, is kind of messed up. The gill thing. Ooh. As you remain on this island, you see this tentacle begin to attack towards you. For 17, I don't know if that's going to hit or not. Uh, that will hit. That will hit. For four points of damage, and I need you to make a con save also. Uh, con save is a 16. 16. You feel this, this stinging, this abrasive acid, but you manage to shake it off but you're grappled at this point. So I'll need you to make a strength check on your next turn. Okay. His other attack, he's got three people back by the front. Tommy, one more time. And that's gonna miss as well with an eight. You see it come down, whoosh, snap back. Valadir, you begin to feel reinvigorated by Tommy and your own uh, medicinal healing. <laughs> Doing some medicinal? <laughs> That's what that smoke in here is. Oh, the 420 <laughs> healing. No time for that. Um, the tentacle is moving up and down. I'm going to ready my action with my scimitards. So when it comes back for an attack, I want to take a swing at it. Okay. Warren, go ahead and make that strength check to break free. Um, well, I may actually, uh, before I make that, I'd like you to describe this situation a little bit better to me. So I am grappled by this tentacle. Yeah. Imagine you're on the, you're on the sound sandbar, mm -hmm. you're on the sandbar. You see coming down from the ceiling, this tentacle mm -hmm. came down, snapped you, tried to poison you and has wrapped itself around you at this point. Okay. How far away is the actual body of this thing? How long is the tentacle? About 20 feet away. Oh, okay. Well, damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll be, I will attempt to make a strength check to break this. Uh, that's not terrible. That's a 13. That will miss. 
Okay. So you're just, you still remained restrained? Okay. Am I restrained or am I grappled? Because you're restrained. Different condition. Okay. You're restrained. Um, okay. I am uh, going to take a moment and kind of with my, like, I kind of imagine like my hand is like half down this way. Um, summon my uh, rapier, uh, rapier into it and a little flash of flame and then attempt to cut it. Okay. Uh, um, with a... Okay. Um, but I'm restrained, so I have disadvantage. You do. In fact, I'll tell you everything you've got right now. Oh, you probably already know, but for our listeners, restrained creatures, speed becomes zero and can't benefit from any bonuses from that speed. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage, and the creature has a, has disadvantage on dex saving throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that is a 15 to hit. That will, uh, that will miss. Okay. So you're trying to get this the edge of this rapier into it and you, you just can't you can't find the mm-hmm. leverage to get your wrist to do that right and that is my turn that is your turn dempsey all you right see mm-hmm. so many so, feet away worn how far away because you said it's difficult terrain what well, i have you guys to are use... you're back at the mouth of the of the mm-hmm. which is 40 feet from the sandbar so i'm assuming it'd have to be like a double move to get over it, to warren yeah well, it, it wouldn't even make mm-hmm. it. That would only yeah. give you 30 feet. All right. I'm going to take a page out of uh, Valadir's book, and I'm just going to ready because it doesn't seem like it's positively going to attack him. So he's just going to ready. And if it comes down where he can hit it, he's going to go for it. Okay. Tell me. Um, you know, not much I can do here <laughs> with that. Um. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold my turn, because okay. all the all the tentacles, everything are all retracted, and I don't want to burn up spell slots at this point. Okay, Warren, it's gonna attack you with advantage okay. with its other tentacle. Okay, <laughs> two and a one. Woo! So roll your d20 against me. Okay, I got a seven. What do you got? I'm up, Ryan. Uh, that is a 10. A 10. It <laughs> whips its own tentacle. Nice. And actually releases you in the middle nice. of that. You see both of its tentacles retract back up. And it kind of disappears into the into the mist of the stalactites. Okay. Valadir. Is it visible? It is not visible. So I have a question. You you said that the mist when the original I thought the mist got dissipated. It from... was swirling and you know when it starts to swirl. Okay. You could see it start to move and then when it came back up and the mist starts to settle in. Okay. I mean you've got a general idea. Gotta consider it uh being concealed at this point. Okay. I'm gonna try to advance the sandbar where uh Warren's at. Okay. And as, as I approach, Warren, we, we must hurry. Don't know if creature come back. As you, as you, do you double move towards him? 
Uh, I should be what, like 10 feet in it by now, being drug in and dropped. Okay, so if you double from move, the, you'll the probably mouth. make it to the sandbar. Okay. So I figure you're 10 feet in, the double move will put you at the full 30 to the sandbar where you'll be next to Warren. Yeah, I'll double move in. Okay. You get there. And then. Uh, there's nothing to attack. Um, I'll just make make the distance. I can't reach the chests or anything that are there, right? No. I just you're just okay. right on the on the shore, but you could see Warren basically just. Like, ah. <laughs> All right. Did I get that right? <laughs> ah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not being yeah. grappled anymore. But if he's if he's on the floor, I'll help him up. If it no, he's not on the floor. He's good to go. Okay. And I'll just ready in case that creature does come back. I will I will uh, yell like with a hand back as he's approaching. Just don't come too close. What? Come closer? <laughs> Warren, you see him approaching. Okay. Um, I'm going to like kind of like warn him to, to keep from getting too close. And then I'm going to kind of like look up where uh, this creature uh, kind of ascended back up towards the ceiling. Where this creature went up, is there any of the party members within like about 15 feet of that space? No. Awesome. Uh, you got two that are at the front, two that are at oh, God. on the island. Okay. Right at the top of the ceiling for maximum impact, right where that thing disappeared, I'm going to throw a shatter spell. And okay. one thing to keep in mind about a shatter spell is that it very specifically does double damage to objects. Uh, so I'm hoping also to the ceiling, possibly a couple of stalagmites, give this thing a little less cover. Okay, so you're you're just gonna blast the ceiling, or are you blasting? No, I'm going to try to blast it, but I'm going to try to blast it in such a way that um, reduces the cover, possibly even collapses some of the ceiling on it. Okay. Dex it. Uh, well, the spell itself normally calls for a constitution oh, save. Oh, con save. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Gonna warm it up his hands before he yeah. rolls that dice. <laughs> Give me some right. damage. Uh, oh, that baby. Is, <laughs> that is 16 points of thunder damage. How many? 16. So you see the ceiling of this shatter. You see stalactites begin to fall down. <clears throat> parts of the ceiling. And you see a portion of the ceiling as it's coming down. You see these tendrils coming from from around the sides of it as this thing is bringing it down into the water and you just hear this thump just poof, as you see the water begin to turn a murky reddish bluish color and you see the tendrils as they slowly try to get out from underneath the rock to slowly just lose their enthusiasm and begin to just sink in to the water it gets really quiet you see that a lot of the steam begins to actually leave this fissure as you've managed to make a crack in the ceiling that leads up into the sky. And you feel the, the cool, fresh air begin to come down as the, the temperatures begin to 
even out with one another. And for a moment, you guys actually feel like you have a moment of respite. What would you guys like to do? <sighs> like, just kind of like sitting there, like hand extended in, <laughs> towards the sky where uh, the uh, shatter spell just went off and just like breathing for a moment, looking around. Is it still moving? MC's got a shield over Tommy, like four, you know, stones and stuff. He's like, I think you're good. What the hell was that? Your boy's got some magic. Valadir, are you okay? Nah, but let's grab chest and get the hell out. Just so tell road. me what you would like to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Well, uh, let's, um, after a moment of making sure that this thing is not moving anymore, um, uh, I do turn to the others and say, we should definitely get out here, but let's just see if these skeletons have got any sort of identification, like any insignia or anything on their equipment. Um, we can certainly return them uh, to the townsfolk in case anyone is been missing someone for some time okay go and make an investigation check as you begin digging through these these bodies these bones basically mm-hmm. oh nice uh not quite an actual 20 uh but that is a 24 total nice the two of the bodies are in such a day a stage of i don't want to say decomposition but just they've been there for so long and so much of them have been eaten away that you can't find anything. But on the third body, you see what appears to be some kind of a, uh, like a shield or a star close to the chest, almost as though he is possibly in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Do we, do I recognize the uh, insignia as anything? Does it have like the crest of Belhaim or some other known order? Ironically, it does not contain the name of Belhaim on the star. Okay. But with other neighboring counties around, it's possible that this individual could have came from there, from a different okay. place. Uh, it's really difficult to tell. Yeah. Um, and then I turn to those and say, uh, we can definitely limit our time in here, but I think the major threat is gone. I'm also curious what this creature was doing in here, and I don't know enough about it. To identify it, uh, a little kind of <laughs> not through <laughs> dental records. Dante, Dempsey just runs over and punches the thing right in the face, and he's like, "Screw you, Fanucci!" You don't even see it oh. there, handsome. It's Damn it. it's underneath a piece of stone that's maybe four feet mm-hmm. thick. That when it came down, it just exploded its bulbous head to mm-hmm. the point where it's this piece of stone is basically another landmass in this large room so you you can't even find this thing at this point you see some of its tentacles are are almost floating on top of the water but they're just they're lifeless at this point you guys like calamari um so he'll uh move over and he's less concerned with the um with the the chess he's just looking at the skeletons and waiting for the next shoe to drop so as these guys are investigating whatever's here he's just going to still be watching out for danger Okay. Um, I don't have much skill with um, 
chests that may or may not be guarded. I don't know if either, if anyone here does. Um, I will uh, take a second though and look at them with my learned eye and see if anything is protected by magic of some kind or another. Make your arcana check. Uh, that is a 16. 16? The smaller ones do not seem to have any arcana emanating from them. Mm -hmm. But the larger one does seem to have some form of magic emanating from the lock itself. Okay. Um, I will point to the smaller ones and say, uh, these ones don't seem to be protected, at least by magic, but this one does. Should we try to... Yeah. Perhaps we try open. Dempsey, do you have big hammer? I make an after you gesture. He's like, I am a hammer. All right, hammer time. What are you going to do? Um, so it is It is locked. I can't just open it. I'll reach out and try to... You, you didn't specifically say it was locked. Nobody he specifically said they were going to try. Yeah, he's going to try to open it. Okay, it's locked. Fuck! Um, <laughs> we changed uh, technique. <laughs> we say we don't try lock. Is it locked? <laughs> this is my fear. A lot of times, if you try to force a lock, it breaks whatever inside. Mm-hmm. Um... Did any of you guys have any way to break open a lock? We had stubby. Mm. Had. I said, past tense. Had. <laughs> Rest <Yes>. in peace. <laughs> Give something <laughs> crossed. <laughs> um, that, we pick these things up and take them somewhere we can break them open in peace. I don't know. It's certainly like, an option. How, how do they weigh? How much do they weigh? Well, the two, well, you guys, somebody attempts to pick them up or what? I'll pick it up. Okay. The smaller ones probably weigh about 40 pounds each. The larger one is probably over 100 pounds. It's not, I mean, with the depth of the water, you're probably going to need two people to do it. This is kind of gaming the system, but I mean, with Eldritch Blast, could you just like focus the fire, make it like a, like a pinprick and just take that thing like a freaking Eldritch 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 Blast is you're either going to hit the space it occupies or the space next to the space it occupies so it doesn't doesn't get the singe effect you you Mm -hmm. can't just like narrow it down to a little thing and not only that but that specific fire damage from the Eldritch Blast is not from Eldritch Blast it's from me being me well if let's say there's no other threats i feel like we could between the taller characters we could just pick these things up and take them out and go somewhere i mean we could get a crowbar we could get something and actually break into these things um kind of mean, yeah. taller characters take the peak <laughs> yeah <laughs> like a bottle opener yeah he's like if, if if you want to uh if you want to give it a try that's fine but this you know you may not like dragging this thing through the four feet of water you mean you dragging it through the water He's happy to do it. Can I mean, can Dempsey pick it up by himself? 140 40 pounds? pounds. Is it 40 pounds? The small ones are 40. The other one is. Oh, over yeah. He, yeah, he can deadlift that. Mm-hmm. And just like. <laughs> well, how much does uh, Father Hammerbane weigh? Armor and all. Oh, oh armor and all? Oh, jeez. Just round about. More than 180? I was going to say, he's probably about 170, 180. Yeah, yeah at least. 
It's like, we strapped this like, thing on. He himself probably weighs at least 170, 180, saying <laughs> nothing about the rest of the gear that he's wearing. <laughs> yeah. Just these dense dwarven bones. Mm-hmm. I can imagine the kind of logs he fires out. Ah, <laughs> shit, bigger than just you like more. that tentacles out of the ceiling. <laughs> we got two testicles catching us. This is ridiculous. Yeah, if we can um, move these things, let's just pull them out, take them somewhere, and, you know, bust them open in a barn somewhere. One thing um, I do want to do as well, though, is take, uh, like, the last uh, maybe foot of a tentacle and see if I can find, like, the beak mouth and just very unceremoniously just be like <laughs> and take that thing out. Well, like, the beak as well as the rest of the body is under this large piece of stone that's yeah. underwater. I'm so. still gonna take a minute and see if I can like locate it. Okay. Um, and and, and uh, I don't want I don't have any desire to like perfectly preserve the beak. I want something that is so specifically alien to okay. toss in front of the Baroness mm-hmm. and be like, look what your wizard left for us. Comma, bitch. <laughs> Roll your D20 there, Warren. A D20, you say. Fucking dice today. Holy shit. He's cold, <laughs> brother. That is a natural 20. All right. Beats my three. So you follow this tentacle down underwater in your search, and you actually feel part of the beak hanging out from underneath the stone. Almost that was probably the side that it was trying to escape this falling thunderous avalanche from before it completely got crushed. But you do have a piece of it. So if you want to rip that off, make a strength check. Oh, dear. Uh, that is holy shit. It's, a, it's another one. It's a, no, it's another. <laughs> it's another, another, another twenty. twenty. Nice. It is another twenty. So, with the adrenaline still pumping through your body, you reach down, you find the beacon, you actually rip this thing out, and you get this 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 beak. The CrossFit's working out for you, Warren. Yeah, right? Well, I figure I'm hanging out with you. Something should be rubbing off. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong choice of words. So, are you, is your goal to take all of these chests out of the cave and bring them to the clearing? Is that what you plan on doing? Yes. Okay. We'll say it probably takes you about 20 minutes to get all these things out, going through the deep water, you know, to get Tony out as well and eventually yeah, he says like holding the torch in his mouth and he's got two of the little chests and just oh god I, I imagined us like holding the chest handle to handle and and father hammer bane like on mm-hmm. top yeah of the chest Faster, like, yeah, boys. this way you're doing a good job so you guys make your way back out to the clearing you manage to bring the largest chest out last and you got to set up an array amongst the, the carnage of the, the four dire wolves and the three dead bodies. And there you have them. Is there anything like taking 20 or, I mean, what's what options do we have? We're going to break up with some locked shit. Well, Can we do it in a controlled way? When you're dealing with something that's locked, you're not really taking 20. Yeah. You only have choices of trying to pick the lock, break the lock, or unlock the lock. 
Let me try breaking the lock. Uh, what's the, um, would it be? It wouldn't just be perception to see the condition of the lock, see if the metal's like rotted. Oh, I got an idea. Tell me if this will work. If I use, oh, never mind. I thought I had it here for some strange reason. I thought I had heat metal. I do, actually. If I use heat metal, can I get that thing to essentially expand to the point where it breaks off? You could do that, and I could hit it with my my shield, maybe. Maybe make it weak. Well, as it's... I don't think the metal is taking the damage as it is what is wearing the metal. Yeah, yeah any it's creature in physical contact with the object takes 2d4... 2d8 fire damage when you cast the spell. Okay. So it's the uh, it's I see something the wearing it. taking damage then. But everything's iron band to the point where I would assume if you were going to put a lock on it you would want it to be secured. Well, they're they're wooden chests that are iron banded. The iron bands are usually designed to keep the wood together because mm -hmm. it's made out of multiple slats so they iron they put the bands of the iron it's like the old barrels back in the day they have all these slats of wood and they would put iron bands around the barrel to keep the keep all the slats wood from together. expanding yeah, exactly mm -hmm. and so they wouldn't fall off and then you would coat the inside of the barrel to make it waterproof if that's what you honestly if, if we want to safely get inside of these if we can take our time and hold them we do have an ally in town who uh, may have some more resources. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking too, but I didn't know if we want to involve somebody, but I'm good with it. He has proved himself to be a good, reliable individual, and uh, quite likely uh, there's a decent chance that anything that we find inside that would be of value, we would probably wind up selling, so... Okay. But what if, if we... perhaps we put blacksmith in danger by revealing items knows or might get greedy and might take extra part i think he's seen what we can do i'm not i'm less worried about that yeah we'll make it worth his while okay so figure right now it's probably close to about four o'clock in the afternoon you got three mm -hmm. chests that weigh 40 pounds each and the larger one that weighs 100 pounds Without water helping assist with the buoyancy, how do you want to move these? How do you want to do this? There's four and we're, chests. We're like four an chests. hour. We're like an hour out of Belheim. Uh, give or take ten minutes or so, fifteen minutes depends on your speed. But if you're humping these things back to town, it would probably take you a little longer. Oh, absolutely. I remember I bought two 40 pound dumbbells at the swap meet and had to walk them back to my car. I started off with a great head of steam, but I tell you, mm -hmm. as I started getting closer to the car, I had to keep putting them down. You know, Armor that's carries. 80 pounds yeah. though. That's, that's not a hundred pounds, but that's, those are two forties. So I'm, I'm thinking of, here's just Valadier's idea. If we take one of the smaller chests and tie it off like a backpack, and then everyone can grab a handle on a chest and we'll do like elephants trunk to tail, you know, and we'll single file line and kind of Nuts walk to back butts. To town that way. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that everyone can. Otherwise, we're going to be encumbered by a lot of the weight and 
we're just going to be like, all right, I need a break. Well, the other mm -hmm. idea, we could send somebody up to Bacchus, kind of explain, maybe even take one of the chests between two people and say, hey, man, we got this stuff. Do you have a carriage or something we could go? He could come with us as part of the, we need your help. I mean, a blacksmith's got to have a freaking cart or something, right? Like, grab a horse, dude. Yeah. Send an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Get on the app. I mean, frankly, frankly, at that, at this point, my concern will just... Hunkley was very obviously up to... No good. <laughs> uh, collectively, no good. I'm sure he saw... Uh, meaningful uh, a meaningful goal at the end that would benefit at least him um, but I do not believe that the Baron understands the threat that he may very well impose about him um, my concern is if there is evidence of that in here you don't want to like disturb the evidence or uh, dispose it of is, it by it accident is... Uh, yes, that that's more my concern. Is I don't want uh, I don't want us to recklessly get in here and um, uh, dis destroy evidence accidentally. Um, so I, what are your ideas? I don't mean to ruin prayer time. Oh, the sun's getting awfully low, gentlemen, and we've uh, we all look a little haggard. I'm concerned about uh, pulling these these chests into town. The Dempsey, I kind of liked your idea that you know somebody goes forward and comes back and helps us with these. We're not a hundred percent. I don't think that we we could really drag these. No, decidedly not. You two perhaps wanna... perhaps somebody with a little diplomacy can go forward into town. And, I was going to say, Help he was a big fan of Dempsey. He did mm. admire you. You might win his good side. Me and uh, Warren go ahead, have a little adventure. He's like, damn it, I wanted to listen to the to, to the music. <laughs> Perhaps we could uh, bury, bury these chests. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't like the idea of splitting the party up, especially with uh, Dempsey leaving. We do have four dire wolves <laughs> outside. We just... Put it up like I was covering me last time. You did like you a tauntaun. Dead wolves <laughs> on your back, and you could walk on all fours like you're the wolf. <laughs> mm -hmm. You could put one of the dead bodies in your mouth and act like you're you're dangerous. <laughs> He's gone rabid. We should not split the party. Uh, agreed. If um, we're only if we're only a few 10, 15 minutes outside of town, perhaps. Uh, somebody... No, you're further than that. You're closer to an hour yeah. outside. Of town. Oh, I thought I you said ten or four. fifteen minutes. No, I said I give think... or take no. ten, fifteen minutes. He asked if you were an hour out of town. I said between forty-five to an hour. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Major don't travel that far. <laughs> we either you know dig a little hole or we just you know put it under some leaves, something like that. Like nobody's coming out here. Cover it with the corpses. Yeah, the the wolf corpse. Mm, people people or other things may be drawn to that and what if an animal is like ooh free meal and just drag the corpse away I would say just throw it in the water but I don't well, think these things are watertight and I don't want to mess up evidence like you said uh, the more now, time we spend here the sun keeps getting lower and lower we need to make a decision 
let's put them in some bushes and camel take a little time to camouflage it. Yeah. Let's Broken take branches. one of this let's take one of the smaller chests with us. And we'll go and speak with Bacchus. Sounds like a decision's been made. Let's move on. Autobots roll out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, Optimi. Yes. So let me get this. Let me understand you, sir. So you guys are gonna stash yeah. two of the small ones and the large one. Grab a small one of the four of you gonna take it in town to go see Bacchus. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh wait, how many small chests were there? Three. Three. Okay. Then yes, that's what we're doing. Okay. Give me your marching order. Who's who's carrying the chest? Who, who two? Dempsey one. or Valadir. No, we could take uh, kind of shifts. We could do, you know, like left hand, hold it for a while, go to the right hand, hold it for a while, you know. Are there any kind of handles on this thing? Or is Not it just really, straight up? no. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, just get up underneath the left side of it, and I'll get under, underneath the right side of it and go. Okay, so you like two you guys said, are, are humping this together. Are you guys lead the pack? Is Warren in front? Is Tommy in front? Who's in the back? Are you both in the back? Um, I'll go ahead and be in front. Um, okay. Keep an eye out. Um, if Tommy wants to bring up the rear. I'll bring up the rear. middle. Yeah, you will. So you guys make your way through the foliage. And eventually make your way back to the dirt road that led you as far as it was. As you guys are making your time. Everybody make a perception check. I perceive that we're going to be rolling initiative. <laughs> Tell me what do you got? Uh, perception, you say? Yeah. That's oh, it's gonna be a twenty-two. Oh, Warren. Uh, it's gonna be an eighteen. Dempsey, seventeen. Valadir. Dempsey, perhaps we would have sanded bottom of chest with a nine. I'm nine. concentrating on something else. Yeah, you are concentrating <laughs> on knowing that Dempsey seems to be not carrying the full weight. Of his end, you're you seem to be more than your <laughs> he takes his hands off share and this chest. Yeah. But the other three of you, as you guys are moving your what? down the road, you're actually moving at a pretty good clip. You see what appears to be an individual walking the same road heading towards Belhain. He's wearing like a, a brown outfit, leather and whatnot. You see he's got this large red hat with this big blue feather tucked in it. And he appears to be talking to himself, and you could kind of hear him say, Well, it's good to be a good plan. It will be a good plan. We, it's got to be a good plan. It will work out. It will work out. It will work out. And he's just kind of like humming to himself, talking to himself as he's walking. He seems to be focused in on whatever he's doing. He's probably about 40 feet in front of you and really hasn't heard you guys come up yet. Uh, so is he like actually walking or is he kind of like just standing there appearing no to be he's walking to oh he's, okay. he's probably not walking as fast as you guys are walking for mm -hmm. whatever reason uh, but mm -hmm. you guys are moving at a pretty good clip okay and it's probably about five o'clock at this point okay um we'll just kind of approach him is there um anything that is distinctly identifiable about um who or what kind of person that he is by his his garments him. He seems to have a, a a sword on his hip. He's got pouches all about him. Um, mm -hmm. He looks more flashy than anything else. More flamboyant. Mm -hmm. uh, with the okay, way maybe his, he is his, a pimp. 
you know, the way how his he's his got three ladies with him, you know, those are and his, his red hat with the big blue pimp feather in it. You know, it's looking like he's getting ready to, you know, does he have a cane? Slap. No, he doesn't have a cane. Mm -hmm. Got goldfish in his shoes, though. No. Nice. Um, um, as Dempsey's starting, or, or Dempsey, sorry, as Validator's starting to notice that they're everyone's slowing down to take no, uh, note of this guy. Can I make a perception check to see if his uh, attire's more performance-based, like if he's an entertainer? Oh. As well as Balladeer? What skill do you want to use to determine that? I can let you pick. I mean, perception, there's... Skill of gainers. Uh, gainers. <laughs> let me see. I would say investigation. Uh... In Either investigation uh, or, yeah, probably investigation. Or just say an intelligence check. Okay, it's going to be an 11. 11? You really can't tell from his attire. I know you being a very flashy individual, you've probably seen plenty of performers on stage or wherever, or in the bed. And he doesn't <clears throat> appear to be either one of those two camps. But he definitely looks odd. He's a manager of certain performers. That's what it is. <laughs> Let's just walk by this guy. He doesn't seem to be a problem. Yeah, it's kind of well. Give him the old, just so he's not startled as we walk by. On your mm -hmm. left. Oh yeah. yeah. So as I <laughs> ring the bell, left. As you guys start moving past him, and he, you know, pardon me, excuse me. He, kind of knocks him out of his reverie and he looks back and sees the four of you and he, he's kind of taken back briefly and he's oh, follow me I, I apologize I let me let me get out of the way are you by chance heading into Belheim there's no other towns that are immediately on this road no they are not uh, may I join you I've been that on will... the road for a long time and I uh, would Prefer a little bit of company, no? Um, I'm just gonna take a quick insight of this guy. Um, does he it just genuinely seem like a uh, road wary? Um, freaking natural 20, so a total of 21. Nice, yeah. He, he doesn't seem like he's out to get you. He looks like he's been on the road for a little while. He definitely looks like his mind's kind of elsewhere, like mm -hmm. he's preoccupied. And, and you truly did come upon him uh, mm -hmm. without him knowing. Where are you from and where are you coming from? I am from one of the northern towns. I'm I'm on my way into Belheim for my master to uh, attend the auction tomorrow. Yeah, yes. I am from a small town in, in Belksen and uh, looking to see what may be available for the auction. We were invited to come down by the Baroness. Excellent. I'm sure you'll, your master will find uh, uh, quite a few things that uh, would pique his interest. I've heard mm -hmm. that there are um, some unusual trinkets there. That is what I hope so for. Yeah, Warren's going to the auction. I'm sorry? Warren, and he's like pointing. Dempsey's just like, yeah, he's, he's going to be there too. Well, I look forward to seeing you there. My name is Closier. Closier. My name is Warren. Pleasure. These are my companions. Uh, 
give him a moment to introduce himself. He looks at so. the yeah. four of you in turn, and then he looks down at the chest. He says, yes, I do look forward to seeing you in the auction. Perhaps next session? Yeah. Indeed. Au revoir. We. <laughs> oui. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We've also got a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over there and hit that like bell, and don't forget to subscribe. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to check us out and look for us out there. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can also download the current show directly and view our archives and galleries. we got a lot of interesting stuff posted there, so head on over. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So, until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.